49ers got some uh, less than terrific injury news today with word that Sammy Womack, who got hurt in practice this week, will not be playing against the Rams. So what does that mean? Let's find out. Nice enough to join us, our SacktownSports.com 49er insider, Emil Fragoso. Happy Friday, Emil. How are you today? I'm doing good, guys. How you doing? We're doing fine. We're a little concerned here about uh, Sammy Womack. What is him being out uh, Friday? Excuse me. What is him being out this week against Rams? <laughs> what does that mean for the 49ers? Well, it means they're going to be without one of their special teams gunners. And this is a guy that played a lot of special team snaps in week one as, you know, come on as a nice, you know, nickel back has, you know, been involved in that evolving nickel back position for the Niners. And he's going to be out for six to eight weeks now with his MCL sprain, it looks like. I spotted him leaving the locker room yesterday with a heavy brace on his knee. So I suspected he would be out for this game. I didn't know the severity of the injury until Kyle Shannon reported the news today. But it is a it is a blow for them. But thankfully, it's not one of their you know starting three corners, so they will should be able to get by without him. Kyle has a all time nine and four record against Sean McVay. Uh, he's won, I believe, the Niners in general have won eight straight regular season games uh, against the Rams. Do you feel like there is just a, a level of confidence that's that's raised for the 49ers when they play against the Rams? Yeah, there absolutely is. I mean, they, they treat this week as kind of one of their Super Bowls, right? This is a team they know very, very well. They, they want to, you know, establish the divisional, you know, groundwork very, very early on. And it really comes with the Rams, right? Obviously, Seattle is one of their longtime foes, and Seattle was thought to be, you know, their biggest foe this year in the NFC West. But the Rams winning week one, I think, changes that a little bit for them. And they look at this week as like they are not going to overlook them, despite, you know, their major roster of people they've had on the defense. Emil Fragoso with us, our uh, Sacktown Sports 49er insider. To that point, Emil, in what ways are the Rams similar to the 49ers, and in what way are they, in your view, most different? Well, we were talking to Steve Wilkes yesterday, actually, about this, and they use a lot of what Steve calls window dressing with their wide receivers. They move their wideouts over across and on motion, you know, Puka Nakuna, Tutu Atwell. They get them off on free releases. That way they're able to get them open downfield and that's kind of similar with the Niners he's a lot of pre-snap motion and a lot of you know different things in their wide out so it creates some interesting matchups and we all know Sean McVay is part of that Kyle Shanahan coaching branch a tree so it's all about you know one-upping one of your former guys (laughs) do you think that LA even has the the firepower to keep up with the Niners I mean they're they're often the 49ers offense is just incredible you point out the the Rams receivers are Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua the fact that the Niners have an elite defense, like, does it feel like the Rams are going to be able to even put up 30 points on, on the Niners? Is that even possible? Well, I don't think 30 points is going to be the game plan for Sean McVay this week. Obviously, they did it last week against Seattle, but this yeah. is a totally different defense. This is the best defense in the NFL, and they proved it again week one against the Steelers. Now, the in order for the Rams to win, their only real path to victory, in my opinion, is kind of have a ball control uh, kind of game, you know, keep the ball out of the offense's hands, you know, have long drives, you know, 11, 10, 14 play drives would be really key for the Rams here at home to, you know, establish dominance. It's similar to how the Niners did it week one in Pittsburgh. It's about, you know, controlling the time of possession and keeping the superstars the Niners have on offense off the field. Mm. Emil Fragoso with us here on SAC 10 Sports. Are you as confident, Emil, as Kyle Shanahan is <laughs> that uh, McKivitz is going to play better this week? I don't know I'm as confident as, you know, Kyle Shanahan is about Colton McKivitz. He really struggled against T.J. Watt. Now, I will say it's different, you know, going against T.J. Watt compared to the Rams, you know, rotational defensive ends they do have. But, again, they have Aaron Donald, and that's going to be the real key on the defensive line is stopping him. So, guys like Spencer Burford, Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, those guys who have, you know, played pretty well. I know Burford struggled last week, but guys who have played pretty well early in their careers, it's going to be interesting to see if they can, you know, 
finally contain number 99 for the Rams. So, I mean, Emil, like, even though the Niners had a fantastic week one, I, I think it was pretty, it's pretty obvious across the league that everyone kind of ramps up to a certain extent. Like, it takes a couple weeks to be where you ultimately want to be in the season. Even And that even goes for the 49ers, who, again, had a fantastic week one. Like, what, what do you think the Niners need to, and, I, you know, it's only been one week, so it might be an unfair question, but what, what area do you think the 49ers really feel like isn't quite where they want it to be, but they're working towards getting it towards, you know, week five when they're playing the Cowboys? Yeah, it would be the offensive line, Chris. We were sure. talking to, you know, run game corner Chris Forrester yesterday, and he was, you know, just very candid. You know, it wasn't good enough in Seattle. just mm-hmm. wasn't good enough across the board. You know, not even only, you know, on the right side of McKibbins, but also Trent Williams. He was very critical of Trent Williams uh, yesterday. He thought he could be play a lot better against the Steelers, and they're, they're hoping that that'll change against the Rams. And again, it's about tightening it up. You know, they're, they're a perpetual slow-starting team in the NFL. So for them to, you know, go – 2-0 and potentially to start the season is a huge boost for them. But again, they feel as though they can improve massively over last week, which is a big statement considering they blew St- the Steelers out on the road. Emil Fragoso, uh, by the way, coming to you via Timber Creek, proud to announce their brand-new fully renovated practice facility that features 30 station grass tees, driving range, expanded putting green, completely redesigned short game area with brand new bunker. Visit TimberCreekGC.com to book your tee times. Emil, with a short week now, you got the Giants coming up Thursday for the 49ers. Does that in any way impact this week's game plan in L.A.? I don't think it does for the Niners. They always think, you know, one week at a time. And I think they're going to really try and put an emphasis on, on owning these divisional games. It's all about how you can defeat your divisional opponents. They'll get to New York after Sunday. But maybe, you know, instead of playing your guys in the fourth quarter, you know, up 25, maybe you rest a couple starters there in the fourth quarter, Kyle, if you're up by a big score. <laughs> Again, another possibly unfair question. But, you know, the 49ers looked incredible in week one. Their schedule for the next couple weeks looks pretty light. I mentioned the Dallas matchup in week five. When you look at the 49ers' uh, schedule right now, where do you where do you have concerns about where their first loss might happen? You know, for me, the Niners have lost a lot of games in recent years they should have won. You know, I think last sure. year against the yeah. Atlanta Falcons, week six, and obviously Nick Bosa got hurt in that game. But they're playing the AFC North this year, and that's mm-hmm. my big thing. You know, obviously, that week one, they played the AFC North in Pittsburgh. Huge win, great set, great tone setter. But they got Cleveland coming up in a couple weeks here, and that's a game that I had them losing because, again, you never you never know with Cleveland. And they looked really, really good against the Bengals week one. Again, early stuff, early overreactions. You don't know what's going to happen down the line. But if they don't play their style of game and they, and they fall behind, especially on the road, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers have shown signs of struggling when they're behind. Emil Fergoso with us, Sackdown Sports, 49er Insider. The Rams, are they better uh, than we thought they were, uh, Emil? Or was Seattle last week, Was is Seattle was were they just terrible last week in the opener? You know, I think it was more the latter, Whitey. I, I think it was more Seattle, you know, really not living up to expectations we had. And it was really surprising, you know, considering Geno was comeback player of the year. I know he regressed at the end of last season, but he was still a guy who was consistently a game manager for them. And he looked, you know, a shell of himself, more like New York Jet Geno. And that's the problem is they need Geno Smith to really be the quarterback that they, you know, signed that three-year extension to, to get him. And they need guys like, you know, Jack Smith and Jiggle when he comes back, DK Metcalf to, you know, keep his emotions in check. You know, simple things, you know, kind of bite them in the ass. It's kind of, you know, self-inflicted wounds, as we say. Mm. How does, uh, you know, essentially SoFi being Levi's South, how does that 
impact this game? I mean, is it just, let's, I mean, is it pretty much, are the Niners pretty much going to view this like a home game? I mean, if you look at vivid seats and the projection for a 66% <laughs> Niner fans showing up there, and I kind of estimate more close to 70 or 75% come kickoff because like you said, Chris, it's Levi South. It really feels that way. <laughs> I feel sorry for all two Rams fans that are out there. I know there aren't a lot. But, you know, all the Rams fans, it must just suck to, you know, have a home game, not feel like a home stadium, especially, you know, when you're in the same state as the team you're going to play. You know, Niner fans historically travel really well. We saw that last week against Pittsburgh. And now they're going to travel to L.A. with a lot of L.A.-based Niner fans as well. So expect some Levi South on a big, big, big sea of red this weekend. Emil, after last night, do you have either A, some some words of encouragement for our favorite Vikings fan here? (laughs) And or B, do you think there's anything encouraging for 49er fans in the way the Eagles, they had some issues last night on the sideline? Well, Whitey, I'll get to your second part. And I got to offer some words of encouragement to Chris because, Chris, (laughs) you didn't reply to my tweet. So I'm a little mad at you about that, but that's all right. I didn't even see it. Yeah, I I responded in the the first quarter when they were up like down 10. I was like, but the way that you're tweeting, I can tell that they're losing. I can just tell right away. (laughs) I can just tell right away that you were upset. It was going to be a dark day for you. Look, (laughs) I feel bad. I feel like it's part of my fault, too, because we sat here on air last Friday and talked about how the Vikings are going to take the NFC North. And, man, are we dead wrong? Their defense is literally a traffic cone right now. Uh, How about encouragement for 49er fans because the Eagles, they're 2-0, but they haven't played great. You got A.J. Brown and Hurts going at each other on the sidelines. Anything there that Niner fans should feel positive about? Maybe some sophomore slumps, potentially. You never know with a unit like this. Look, there were so many expectations this year for the Philadelphia Eagles after coming up, you know, just so short on winning a Super Bowl last year against Kansas City Chiefs. And it already feels like they're, I don't want to say imploding, but there seems to be some hostility on the sideline. And I think A.J. Brown needs to take a book out of the 49ers playbook and, and be a little more selfless, yep. less ego. You're you're up by 21 points here, and you're upset you're, you got four targets? Really, dude? It's not about – you got paid. It's not about that. You, It's about winning a Super Bowl for the Eagles and for Philadelphia. And for Philadelphia Eagle fans, you guys got to chill out, okay? <laughs> you got you to chill out. You won the game. It's okay. Mo- move on. It's, it's not a big deal. So – yeah, I see some signs of worryment, and they, and they need to look at the 49ers, you know, play style and playbook and their overall mantra and kind of take a deep breath there. See, Emil's a good – he's a team guy. Yes. we got good culture here at Sacktown yes, Sports. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Other very than Carmichael Dave, I think we have very good culture. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sorry I didn't see your tweet. I just try and put my phone down during the game because, especially when the Vikings are losing, people people think it's funny to hit me up and, and – <laughs> Just well, say terrible. Uh, he gets hit in the no spot. You were saying spot. darkness, my old friend, and I was getting concerned for you. There, <laughs> it was Chris. it was the fumbles, man. It was just all of the fumbles. Uh, before we get you out of here, I have to ask: Can you give us a score prediction and uh, let me know the MVP of the game as well? Yeah, so I have it going twenty-seven to ten for Niners. Again, mm-hmm. I think the Rams look very good in Week One, but I think it's going to be you know regression back to the mean for them, especially because their injury list is pretty long. You're looking at guys uh, Puka Nakuna, oblique injury. We don't know if he's going to play. Safety, Russ Yeast has a knee injury. Don't know who he's going to play. Linebacker, Ernest Jones, he's sick. He's questionable going into the weekend. Without Ernest Jones at linebacker, that's going to be a real problem for them. So I have the Niners, you know, I want to say blowing them out, but controlling the game like they did a week one in Pittsburgh and maybe coasting, you know, into the fourth quarter. All right. Thank you, Emil. We appreciate that. Do you have a card of the week for us today? I do, actually, yes. Really? Uh, Whitey, hopefully you can see it this yes. time. Yes, uh, yes. this is my De'Aaron Fox rookie cornerstone on card auto uh, to 49 <laughs> uh, quad patch triple, triple wow. color here. Wow. Yeah. Okay. One of my favorite cards that I own. Yes, there it's you a go. beautiful, beautiful card. Wow. 
That thing is beautiful. There's a jersey in there. Yeah, there's a four. Pa- it's a four. It's called Ooh. Cornerstone. So there's four different patches here, and this is tricolor right here. And, and it's signed. right here. As well. Okay. On card as well. Good. Player worn as well. Is so. that a rookie card? Because he's got yes, the hair is. still. 2017, 18. Wow. As you can see a little rookie symbol right there. Uh, I bought this right before Deer and blew up last year. This has only gone up in value for me, boys. Oh, well, give us an idea, ballpark. What's it worth right now? What do you think? It's probably worth like three hundred dollars right now. Oh, I'd say three hundred okay. fifty right now. I got it for about one twenty last year. Standing so. offer, ten bucks right now. Ten bucks. <laughs> huh? No. Why do you, I might need to charge you twenty. <laughs> All right. There you go. Thank you, Emil. Enjoy the game. We look forward to your coverage, and we'll talk to you yes, soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yep. Uh, Emil Fergoso brought to you by Timber Creek. Visit TimberCreekGolfClub.com to book your tee time. Timber Creek and Sierra Pines, your ultimate golf haven. Twenty-seven ten. Uh, I'm going like 31-13. Yeah, I mean, I could maybe see 27-10 if it's like 27-3 to for the most part of that game, and then, you know, you know, garbage time touchdown or something like that. I, I just think it's going to be – I could see Niners putting up 30-plus and mm-hmm. Rams barely getting to 10. So. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you, Emil, for showing us yes. at the Aaron Fox yes. basketball Put card. Put it in a vault. Yeah, a uh, nice segue opportunity for us because coming up next, Kings icon, the all-time – Favorite guests on this show of oh, yeah. ours. Jerry Reynolds joins us next right here, Sacktown Sports. Check out Whitey and Watkins now on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and watch the show from your desk. Our favorite time of the week here, Whitey and Watkins. Uh, hope you're having a great Friday, and we're all about football today. But there are some things going on in the NBA and the yeah. association this week. And uh, our favorite part of Fridays is talking to uh, our guests here. I, I have a hard time figuring out how to describe them other than just all-time Kings icon. Yep. And I think that pretty much says it all. That's a good one. Yeah, the one and only Jerry Reynolds. Ooh. Hi, Jerry. How are you, sir? Hello, gentlemen. I'm feeling good. You know, I, I really appreciate that nice uh, introduction icon. My wife, she's she's listening. She tried to vomit. You know, but, uh, I think I think she's going to be okay. Uh, well, Jerry, you should know. Um, Chris may not be himself today because he's a Vikings oh, fan, gosh. and so he's hurting a little bit um, uh, today. But I'm sure he'll, you know, he'll be a gamer and get through this as best as he can. I'll try. Well, yeah, it's tough. But you got to remember, there's 17, 16 more games. Yep. Uh, the Vikings, uh, you know, I think they're a good team. And, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Everybody, you know, this to me, I love the NFL, but it's about talent, number one, and health, number two. Yeah. And uh, things can change week to week, as uh, as you guys know. Yeah. As long as Jerry believes in my Vikings, then that's, that's all that I mean. why, <laughs> He's why a should... Chiefs fan. Well, I, I mean, he's fan. recently found success yeah. then. Yeah, I am a Chiefs fan, but I I, I appreciate uh, – I think the Vikings are a good team. Mm-hmm. Not They're not Chiefs, of course. <laughs> no, I mean, only one team can can have the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, yeah, it's, you it's okay. I'll, I'll yeah. deal with Kirk Cousins, and you enjoy that Patrick Mahomes guy. I, it's, yeah. it's totally fine. I will, I will. I will be a Chiefs fan as long as he's upright. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good plan. Uh, so there's three weeks left or so, plus or minus, uh, until training camp kicks off. What are our coaches kind of starting to ramp up the the, the practice schedule? Like, well, what's happening at this point uh, for for Mike Brown and his coaching staff? My guess is they're they're just trying to get the guys in uh, early and and get them, you know, playing, getting them in 
a little bit of pre-shape, so to speak, right. get them together. The new guys, uh, obviously Sasha, you know, uh, uh, JaVale McGee and uh, Jordan Ford. Uh, I mean, guys like that. Just get them in a little familiar with really a veteran, happy team, mm-hmm. you know. So it's really, uh, I think, probably a very easy uh, comfortable time nice. for the coaches and team right now. Jerry, um, I know that you and I, we've had many discussions, especially over the last year or so about load management and the league instituted a new policy that's going into effect this year. Um, did, did the NBA need to do something about quote unquote load management right now? Yeah, they really did. I think. And I mean, I don't know if it's going to work, but I certainly appreciate and, credit uh, Adam Silver for trying to do something. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I wish, uh, you know, the players union would come out with something themselves and, and the coaches, you know, feel more obligated to try to get guys out there because, uh, you know, it, they, you know, they, they are kind of obligated to play if they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Right. Jerry. So load management wasn't really around when, when you were coaching and, was was that because the the players themselves really wanted to to play in games, or was it because the coaches were essentially telling them like I I don't care if you're barely hurt, like go out there? Yeah, I think a little bit of all that. Mm. Uh, you know, I think the guys then just really did feel an obligation to play when they could, and you know didn't feel like they had to be a hundred percent. You know, it's one of those things now. It's like. Well, you know, players are told really from a pretty young age, younger age now, that if you're not right, don't go out there. And uh, that just wasn't the case back in the, you know, 80s and 90s. Uh, to, to be truthful, guys uh, played hurt. Uh, you know, I always remember Mike Woods playing on a bad knee for half a year. First year the team was in uh, Sacramento to just so, so the team could make the playoffs. That type of thing, I don't know that would uh, – happen anymore so i mean i i'm for guys taking care of themselves don't get me wrong i think probably a lot of players uh, probably shouldn't have done some of the things they did to play but then again it's better than guys doing everything they can not to play (laughs) um jerry assuming that the league does here with this policy that has some teeth some impact and more of the veterans play more than than they have the last couple of years could that perhaps help the Kings because they're in the same division as the Suns, the Lakers, and the Warriors, three teams that figure to be affected if their veterans have to play more than they've been playing? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, obviously I don't have any really uh, insight. It's kind of a new thing. I, I would think in the long run, I, I, if I were the Kings, I, I think their players, you know, we know play. Yeah, and anytime yeah. they can, they've got some real – uh, terrific guys, talents that want to be out there. They've proven that. And some of the other teams that they're competing with, I'm not sure do that, that do. So it may hurt them. They'll have some of those star guys play a few more games. Yeah. Probably. yeah. And yeah. that, uh, that, that could make it tougher in the West. I think Jerry, we might've asked you this question before when this was more of a hot button topic, but it seems to have come back up uh, the warriors in their backcourt, their starting backcourt. More importantly, it seems like, Chris Paul is going to start in that backcourt, but there's a lot of questions on 
whether or not he would be better off, better suited coming off the bench. Me and Whitey talked earlier about how Andre Iguodala really made a statement for the Warriors' culture uh, in the past when he decided to come off the bench when he probably could have still been a starter. Do you see Steph and CP being able to coexist pretty seamlessly? You know, I do. Uh, and I've kind of said this before. I, I really think, you know, that's a great pickup. Uh, obviously, he's not quite the same player, but I think the the Warriors are a little older team. I don't think they can play at the same pace they did before. Mm-hmm. And probably, uh, you know, having a guy like Chris Paul will get them into half-court sets much better. Right. And they'll they'll need to do that. And uh, so, I, I yeah, I'm not surprised that, that he's expected to start. I mean, I don't know why you'd get Chris Paul <laughs> really otherwise. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm not happy about it because I think it'll actually yeah. make them better. I really do. To me, Jer, where he really could make them better is they throw the ball all over the place. Even when they're winning championships, they do that. And he does not turn the ball over, and I think that alone is really going to help them. Yeah, that that was really the Warriors' biggest weakness was uh, right. turnovers. Assist-to-turnover ratio was really at the bottom. And as you said, Chris Paul, he just doesn't turn it over. He's a you know mm-hmm. six-assist-to-one turnover kind of guy and uh, just at the, the best all time. So, yeah, yeah, I think he's probably got another good year, but I think probably for him and the Warriors – you know, health is still the maybe the biggest question of how good they are going to be. Before we let you go, Coach, and we, as always, appreciate your time, we threw this around yesterday because Jimmer's coming to town for a three-on-three tournament. I don't know if you knew about that. But we broke no, up some, some Kings teams. We have four teams three-on-three. So on one team we had, uh, if you had Mitch and Theus and Thorpe, that's one team. You had mm-hmm. Boogie and Gay and Isaiah Thomas. Uh, you have Weber and Peja and Jay Will, and then you had Monk, Sabonis, and Fox, and they have a tournament. Who? What's the best three-on-three team of those those four teams? Well, I, I, the one I'd want to see was Weber, Peja, yeah. and Jay Will. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd pay some of my hard-earned uh, Social yeah. Security money uh, to, to see Jay Will again and. And and I think with with Webb he'd still be the best player of the bunch. Yeah, and Page is probably the best shooter of all those guys, right? And that would make a huge difference. Oh, I don't think there's much question about that. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jared, enjoy football this yes. weekend. Good luck to your Chiefs. Hey, Jacksonville this weekend, tough one for your for your Chiefs. It, it, it's a it's a statement game, you know. If the King, if the Chiefs lose a goal and two, of course yeah. the season's over. We all know that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. We appreciate it. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, guys. You too. All-time Kings icon. The great. The greatest. Jerry Reynolds. Yeah, every time I walk through that Jerry Reynolds media entrance, I'm like, this guy, this guy just – I know. He's got his name up in the rafters. He loves you. It's incredible. He told me one time, he said, Chris seems like a nice guy. And I said, Seems. Seems. Don't watch a Vikings game with him. Yeah, exactly. God. All right. Bold Kings predictions of the day. Let's do it. I've got probably, well, yeah, boldest yet. I love your boldest predi- yet. Th- today? Yes. After yesterday? Yes. I can't wait. <sighs> can't wait. What's next? Whitey and Watkins on Sackdown Sports. Question for you, Chris Watkins. Question for you, dear listener. What's up? Who 
Who's your favorite football player of all time? 339-1140, YouTube chat. Just curious. Just getting ready for the football weekend, watching some some highlights and watching some college football here on our vast array of yeah. monitors. Uh, the just, Sacktown Sportsbook. Yes, call it. yes, yes. All-time favorite yeah. football player. Is, is Chris Ferlott, is Mahomes your all-time favorite football player? I think he's gotten wow. that, yeah. Is it just like the excitement level that he brings? Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. It's one of those things of everyone's just like, oh, well, he can't do that, and then he does it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, he can do that, but he can't do this, and then he does it again. Okay, yeah, he's doing all this with Tyreek Hill, but once he leaves, he's not going to be able to do anything. Right. He's doing it, but he can't win. Wins two Super Bowls by 25. Yeah, I mean, just incredible. Uh, I would say Randy Moss, just as my favorite mm. to to watch. And, you know, it was like the right age for me to to watch it. And it seemed like he was a superhero. And it felt like literally every time he touched the ball, it was a 50-yard touchdown. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Randy Moss is, is definitely number one for me. And, you know, Adrian Peterson was close, but uh, he's not the greatest human. So uh, I'm going to give it to Randy. Straight cash, homie. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who I would say. I, I've always, since I was a kid, I loved the guys who ran faster than everybody else and mm-hmm. caught the long bomb. And you don't see Tyree that as much anymore. <laughs> um, no, it'd probably be someone like like Isaac Bruce. Oh, wow. A 49er, yeah. but, you know, just briefly. <laughs> sure. Yeah, briefly, very briefly. Yeah, I mean, those greatest show on turf teams were, like, incredible to watch. Like, even, you know, Marshall Falk, I think, is one of my favorite running backs, at least, just because he was, like – you know, running and catching, like just having that ability. Jerry was great, but Jerry didn't do that. He right. could, but he would do, you know, kind of the five yard handoff and then zoom, take off. Right, exactly. But I always, since that's what I was that's interesting. Just most Isaac <laughs> interested in as a kid is just the guys that just yeah. run faster than anybody else. Ah. So you were hoping for Darius Hayward Bay then. You were like, oh, yeah, this is Al knows what he's doing. You and Al Davis were just right. way no, blank. I, I also have to add Dion to that. Yeah. Because uh, he was I just so it. exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, of I all really, the guys I that like I would miss watching, watching the most, not that I ever rooted for him, but was uh, probably Barry Sanders. Oh, sure. Yeah. I he mean, his just, highlights are ridiculous. Yeah. He's one of the guys, like, he's almost like the Mitch Richmond of the NFL, of just like everyone said how great he was, except he was just on an awful team for his entire yeah, career. That's true. And they were, you know, they were okay some of those years yeah. not very good I think he made the playoffs once in his career but yeah they were like but it always... almost looked like he was he had he was uh, i don't know on skates or something mm-hmm. that he, he had special shoes that no one else had the way he used to run and yeah. elude people very much uh reggie bush in college like he was one of my favorites kind of for that exact reason where it just felt like even behind the line of scrimmage he's just juking people left and right and it just felt like he felt like he would be the best tag player ever, and I feel like that's that's more fit for Barry Sanders, but it just felt like no one could touch Reggie Bush mm-hmm. in college. Yeah. Kenny Stabler was very cool, too. Yes. Vince Young as well in college as well. Mm-hmm. So. Cam Newton in college as well. Uh, YouTube chat, if you care to comment, I'd just be interested. Uh, yeah. 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140 uh, on the text line. Who is your, your favorite football player mm-hmm. uh, of all time? I know there's going to be a lot of Joe Montanas, which is great. Yep, no, wrong. Jerry yeah. Rice. No, winners. Yeah, Jerry Rice. Probably I'm not sure a ton of Isaac thing. Bruce, I know. Probably I know. not. A lot of people love Patrick Willis, though, especially here. Patrick yes. Willis is a big, got a high approval rating. Frank Gore as well, mm-hmm. high approval rating. So wouldn't be surprised to see uh, a good handful of those. I'd be shocked if I saw any Jimmy Garoppolo's. I would, too. <laughs> <laughs>
But that brings us to our bold Kings predictions of bold. the day. You want to go first? Or yes, I... please, because you said yours is even more bold than yesterday. Yeah, I don't which... know if you can handle it. I don't know if I can either, but I'm going to try and match your bold level. Um, I'm actually, what I wrote down is. By the way, is Ray Wershing just got a vote. Guess who that was? Thanks, JR. <laughs> Voting for a 49er kicker. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, Jake Moody would definitely be near the top of your list right now for sure. Uh, I have Demonis Sabonis next season. Took a massive leap on the assist total this year or this past season. Uh, went from five assists in Indiana or five point two assists last season with Indiana and Sacramento. Bumped all the way up to seven point three. Incredible. We saw Jokic almost average ten assists per game last year. I wanted to say Sabonis is going to average ten assists this year. It feels a little excessive. I'm going to knock it down just a notch. I'm going to say Demonis Sabonis is going to average nine assists per game this year. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? It does. I think, honestly, he's going to take a step back on the scoring load. He, again, set a career uh, just below a career high last year, 19 points per game. I kind of also feel like the playoff series might play a little bit into this. I think he might be just not yips, but just a little less hesitant to be aggressive uh, after just last last offseason. I think it might have gotten to him. So I think he's going to take less shot attempts. I think he's going to be a little bit more passive this season and with all the weapons the Kings have on offense. I think the assist total goes up. Forgive me if you just said this because I looked away uh, to check some of these favorite players. Did you see he was 7.3? Is that what he was 7.3 last year? Yeah. Last year. So uh, I kind of want to put 8.5 as the number. feels a little safer, but... This isn't the safe Kings prediction. It's the bold Kings prediction. So I'll, I'll put him up at nine. I was laughing because Ryan in Sacktown says, you know, favorite players, he says, he yeah. hate me. He and hate me. He was Fighter cool. 10 says, I don't hate you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Understood. Understood I just, why you wouldn't so be nice. begging. Okay. So <laughs> how would that work in the, uh, the comment of the day? Oh. Is that a, is that they work together? It's an un- Do they work yes. together? Yeah. It's a joint. It's a joint task, right? Co-leaders, there. right there. Yes, yeah. co-leaders. Yeah, Lavertius <laughs> Coles, Rocket Ismail, Lavertius Coles, <laughs> Jerry Rice, Barry Sanders, and Dion. Sure. Yeah. Jr. <laughs> so, I love that. He hate me. I don't hate you. I don't hate you at all. What? Where did that come from? Huh. That's very nice. It's it nice. Yeah, we, have we have the nicest kind of comment section. Camaraderie uh, on the YouTube chat. Bold Kings prediction of the day. Are you ready? I don't think so. Kings and the Warriors. Yeah, we know. Uh, they will have a playoff rematch, and it will be wow. in the NBA Western Conference Finals. Can you imagine what this place will be like what? then? And you're predicting this for next year? Well, this, this coming upcoming season. season? Warriors and wow. Kings that is multi-layered. Will play in the playoffs a playoff wow uh rematch and it'll be for a trip to the NBA finals. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. That's there's so Just, many layers to that. You skipped so many steps along yeah. the way. You didn't say there's not excuse me <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. There's not even like a Whitey Gleason like Kings will win a postseason series this oh, year. I think there was. Is there? I think there was. They. They. You said the Kings will be a better team and advance the second round of the playoffs, but have less wins in the regular season. Yeah, I did okay. say that. And so I didn't say they would lose in the second round. Right. I said no, you didn't. Yeah. yeah. But it kind of sounds like you're going to say that 
they're going to lose in the Western Conference Final. Unless not, there's a future prediction coming I'm not, here. That's, I, I'm not saying how that's going. I'm not saying one way or uh, the other. Okay, so we've got it's the Kings. It's not clear right now. I can't see right. everything right. in the future. You have to wait a little bit for Man. that future to unlock a little. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. you are going to play the, the conference finals. Well, what's going to happen? I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know. These things just they pop up and then, you know, yeah, it's it's it, you know you can't you can't force these things. So when it, when that prediction comes, I guess we'll have to wait. But just to clarify here, the Kings are meeting the Atlanta Hawks in the uh, in-season tournament. Oh, yeah. we They're yeah, winning that. Yes. They're yeah. going to make the playoffs. They're going to be worse record, but they're still going to win the first round, advance to the second round. That now, I mean, you haven't officially predicted, but essentially saying they're going to advance right, those two past things. the second round. Right. Go to the Western that Finals has to be true and for this play future. the Golden State Warriors again. Can you imagine, just put your disbelief aside, sure, yes. skepticism, I, whatever. I didn't say there was disbelief no, no, no. at it's, all. I was just, just some, clarifying. Some Can you imagine <laughs> what it would be like around here? No, I literally can't. Like, I mean, we saw a first-round playoff mm-hmm. series in which I think, for the most part, a lot of people in their heart of hearts believed that the Kings were going to lose. Mm-hmm. We saw how that looked. I know. Now, you're telling us there's actual wind in our sails and it's a chance for redemption against the team like we we've felt. Seen oh kind of this, it's kind of like the Kings and the Lakers, Lakers a little before. bit, right? Yeah, almost, almost exactly, right? Because they met in the early rounds of the playoffs. Except the Lakers kind of just did away with the Kings, and we're like, oh, that's a cute team. We won't have to worry about them in the future. And then a couple years later, mm-hmm. Kings, Kings meet them in the in the deja vu stage. all over again. I'm for it. I'm so for it. I just the anxiety of that series is going to be through the roof. Oh yeah, you're going to want to oh rest up for that. Gosh, it's going to be taxing. Would we still have to do radio during that? Because I don't think it would I could be the handle the best that. time to do radio. I don't think I could handle People it. Will be hanging on your every every word. single word. Oh my gosh, that's. I hope it. Ha- I obviously, I very much hope it happens. I just, I can't even conceptualize any of that stuff. So right. I mean, thank you for unlocking this. Yeah, this you've got time brain. to prepare for it. Thank, I'd advise you Yeah, we you got a little so. bit of time, yeah, because yeah. I'm going to yeah, – man. Oh, you also, wow. you right. also need to prepare for this. The Factor Fantasy Showdown's coming up. The team that needs a oh, win no. this weekend, the most revealed in the Factor Fantasy Showdown next. Whitey Watkins, Sackdown Sports. At your desk, on your phone, in the car. Whitey and Watkins. Yes, Chris Watkins and I going head to head on today's hottest topics. It is the Factor Fantasy Showdown. Uh, it's been quite a week in the Factor Fantasy Showdown. Yeah, I mean, you you had the crown for a while. I think I grabbed it the other day, and then you took it back yesterday. I did take it back yesterday. Mm. Good Locked luck getting it today. Memory. I don't know the weekend. You know, the weekend crown kind of carries a little bit more weight because you get it for three days and then you know who knows heavy is a head that wears the crown what i hear superiority all rise our judge for today now entering the chambers the honorable judge for lord you may be seated gentlemen thank you very much thank you your honor thank you and whitey since you won yesterday we're gonna start with you thank you your honor it's an honor and we will do that when this my computer decides to <laughs> unfreeze, and we can get to the questions here. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting with no bailiff. I just want to say, you know, watch out for this guy. If he loses, he might might come after me, okay? 
So, Whitey, you previewed it earlier. The NFL team most in need of a week two win in Buffalo. The NFL team most in need of a week two win is Buffalo. Fact or fantasy? That's fantasy, Your Honor. Certainly Buffalo's in dire need of a win, but the team that is most in need, most in need of a week to win, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals have Super Bowl aspirations. They opened the season with a divisional loss to the Browns, and they played terribly. It was the first game in Joe Burrow's career in which he uh, did not throw for 100 yards, as you probably know, Your Honor. So this week, the uh, 0-1 Bengals have the Ravens. So they need a win because... This would be another divisional loss in addition to the fact that you don't want to get off to an 0-2 star when you're trying to win a Super Bowl. Double whammy there. You'd be 0-2, and you would have lost two games in the division. The Bengals cannot afford that, so they are the team most in need of a win. Yeah, the team in most need of a win in Week 2 is Buffalo. That's a fact. That's the fact, Jack! I mean, after what happened on Monday night with them losing to the Jets, I mean, that just shouldn't have happened. You can't have... Aaron Rodgers, it, you know, that game was built for Aaron Rodgers. He goes down in the first four plays. It was handed to the Bills, and the Josh Allen just handed it right on back to the Jets through three interceptions. If you lose to the Raiders, who have no expectations this year, I mean, good on them for beating the Broncos in week one, but you can't lose to the Raiders after losing to the Jets last week, and I would assume that means Josh Allen has another bad week. It's really tough to to make the playoffs if you start 0-2. There's, you know, just a, a huge probability that you won't be making it. And you can't you definitely don't want to start off the season losing to two teams that you should absolutely destroy. Uh you make great points. Whitey, I'm gonna give the point to you. The division losses, I think, hurts Cincinnati a little bit more than Buffalo. That's something that I think that they can make up. Thank but you, Runner. This is where you can change my mind, Chris. Uh-oh. There are real causes for concern in Philly despite the Eagles' 2-0 start. Fact or fantasy? Yeah, this is a fact as well. That's the fact, Jack! I mean, yeah, good job. You're 2-0. You beat two average teams, but there's absolutely cause for concern. In terms of holding the lead, this is now back-to-back weeks that the Eagles have had massive leads and just squandered it completely and made the game way closer than it needed to be. Week one against the Patriots, they were up 16 nothing. In the first quarter, that game ended 25-20. to 20. Yesterday, last night, against the Minnesota Vikings, up 27-7. to 7. Only ended up winning by six. It's just concerning that you can't hold these leads and the fact that these average teams are coming back. What happens if you play San Francisco? What happens if you play division rival Dallas? God forbid you play the Chiefs again in the Super Bowl. Just, it's a little bit cause for concern in Philadelphia, for sure. There are real causes for concern in Philly, despite the Eagles' 2-0 start. That's a fantasy. I am no fan of the Eagles. I would love to see the 49ers have a much better year than them and, of course, dump them when they play them. But let's be honest. Uh, they have held the leads that they've had the last two games because they've won the games. So we can't criticize them for not holding leads when there are 2-0. and oh. Hasn't been pretty, but they're off to a 2-0 start after going to the Super Bowl. There was a little bit of a sideline dust-up yesterday. But the fact that after A.J. Brown said, hey, throw me the ball, Jalen Hurts started throwing him the ball tells me that Jalen Hurts was okay with it. Um, things haven't been perfect for the Eagles, but bottom line is they're 2-0. and They're off to a great start. I don't think there are real causes for concern, although, frankly, I wish there were.
I think there is, Whitey. That's why I'm giving the points to Chris. So we'll, uh, I'm not. I'm not sure about this Eagles team. They're just letting these teams get back in the game, just like Chris said. So yeah. you get the point, Chris. Well, plus, We're all tied up. Plus your computer's been on the blink, so maybe that's something. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe so. <laughs> so it looks like we're going to have to have this final question. Oh and it's, boy. Rare that we're both we're tied at one point apiece. Never do you need us to, do you need us to text you the questions or are you is it are you okay? No, no, no. I okay. got it. All right. I got it. He's just right. been making them up. Of course, yeah. I've got this one memorized. Okay. So Whitey to you. Available at Vikings games this year, the Elvis sandwich. Banana, bacon, and peanut butter on grilled sourdough is a tasty touchdown. Fact or fantasy? That's a fantasy. Also fantasy. The reason it's uh, not a touchdown is because in in football, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen. You guys know the game very well. If you, when you go backwards, you're back, 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 back. Oh, safety! So that's what this is. This sandwich is a safety because believe me, <laughs> you eat one of these, you're gonna be backed up for a while. Wow. Uh, I don't know. This Elvis sandwich sounds to me like a tasty touchdown. I'm gonna. I. I you know what? I'm gonna say it's a fantasy. But hold on. It's just a fantasy. It's really close to being a tasty touchdown. You asked earlier if I could take things out of the order. They're so close. A peanut butter and and banana sandwich on sourdough sounds great. Just hold the bacon. That's all it's missing. It's really, really close. It's just a simple request. Maybe you can just take it out yourself, but a banana peanut butter sandwich in a football game? That sounds delightful. Or Nutella. I'll take either one. So you want to take out the bacon and replace it with Nutella? Yeah, sure. Or peanut butter for Nutella. I just think as long as you hold the bacon, the banana and the peanut butter sounds great. That's not what well, it is. Well, you, you can you can order it. You just take it out. Chris, you get the point. Unfortunately for you, it's a negative point, taking it a zero. Whitey, you get the point. You win two nothing today in fact or fantasy. That sounds delicious. I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. Hold the bacon in America? I don't think that's ever been said. I didn't even hear what you said. I took my headphones off. I was so upset. Huh. All right. You, so y'all never had a, a banana, peanut butter, anything? Like a smoothie? Well, yeah, yeah maybe, but that's not what we're talking about. It is. It's great. <laughs> you just got to. But you want to take the bacon out. Yeah. You just lift up the top bun and take out the bacon, and you can eat it on the side even. I'm with Chris. You can't take the bacon out of anything, or it's just it doesn't exist anymore. You can eat the bacon on the side. It's still there. It's just. Thank you. I, I don't know why they put it inside of the sandwich. I thought you had me there. I really thought you had me. I did too. Especially I when I was too. told that I had points. <laughs> kind of a fumbled right before you got to the don't, end zone. Okay. I'm what? done with this program. What? This yeah, I it. went there. This is it for me. I'm early weekend. Coming up next, can the 49ers make it five straight years of doing this to the Rams? It's next. Whitey and Watkins on Sacktown Sports.